Today was an. I won't even get. To, I was going to tell you about my morning. It was. I almost got bit by a dog, and I had to have something almost surgically removed out of my ear, just this morning. Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. So I, right before church, like I, I had planned on running all morning, and I, and I finally was like, okay, I'm going to go run, and it was like 11 o'clock, and I put on like my little ear pods, um, and I changed the size of the little nubs on them, so I put them that way they might stick better because sometimes when I run they fall out, and I'm like these are stupid, or I should just go back to my old ones, and so. I reduce it, so I go, I'm running, and I hear a dog, and it sounds like it's off in the distance, because these are like noise-canceling ones. <laughs> and so I'm running, and I hear the dog, and I'm not thinking because there's like pecan orchard here, and then backyards here. And I'm running, and I kick up, and I feel something. <laughs> and I stop, and I look, and here's this boxer right on. <laughs> So I'm like, peace of God on you. <laughs> peace of God on this thing has been chasing me for I don't know how long. <laughs> so we kind of had like a little tense moment there, and the dog finally left me alone, and I think we're friends now. But then I get back to my house, and I go to take off, the, go to get in the shower, and I take off my earbuds, and I notice like the little rubber piece, the one that I just put on, didn't come off with it. So I'm like, I couldn't see it. My wife and family are in Albuquerque, and I'm sitting there, like, about to jump in the shower, and I realize, like, I had this thing in my ear. So luckily, I have great neighbors, and so I knock on the door. <laughs> so super exciting stuff, right? Like, this is good stuff. <laughs> uh, I, t I called Sarah. I go, man, I am a mess without you. Like. I was supposed to bring all this stuff to the church, and I forgot half of it, and like, it's, I, I'm a mess. So let's see if I can even do this. Um, so like, if most of you know, I was like going, last, my last season was insane. Like I was like going full-time school, full-time work, full-time church, family. I moved, my wife, my wife, got diagnosed with stage three cancer. My wife got healed of stage three cancer. But it was like, it was all crazy, right? It was crazy. And so, yes, I was praying and yes, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think I actually listened very much because I'm like, God, I love you. I love you so much, but I'm too busy. <laughs> like, and so then all of a sudden it went, right? You know, I finished full-time school. Hooray, praise Jesus. Sarah, Sarah was healed. We got moved. Everything just kind of slowed down. And God has been just blowing me up. He is just everything. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm completely, I feel, like, I feel like we've just reached a new glory, right? We go glory to glory, right? And I feel like we went glory. And I, honestly, I feel like we just kind of stayed on this little, right? But then all of a sudden, he's calling us more, Right? And that's kind of where I want to start. Um, Paul writes, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am Christ. 
And, and I know that we say that. We know we, we all preach. We need to look like Jesus. But sometimes understanding how that looks is hard. Right? Because we read the Bible studies of what, we read the Bible of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And we try to make it applicable to today. Right? And sometimes that's hard because it's to totally different cultures. Right? We're not like jumping in a boat and crossing the sea to another land. We're not, we're not, you know, Jesus' ministry literally, I mean, it didn't really happen like over this huge area. Like when it talks about him getting in a boat, I mean, he just crossed a really big pond, basically, right? You could see the other side. And so there's there's a lot of those things, you know, the 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 farming analogies and, and all this stuff that we have to do. And then like, you realize, like, when you, one of the first things, and Pastor Mary will probably tell you this, one of the first things when you go to Bible college is you learn when you're interpreting the Bible, you need to bridge the contextual gap, meaning you figure out who was speaking and who they were speaking to and what their culture was, and you make it, you bridge this gap and you make it relevant to today, right? But what I realize is, like we spend so much time trying to figure out the culture back then that we don't pay much attention to our culture today. There's a lot of things that we need to be aware of. And, and honestly, the Bible verse I just gave, I think that's the only Bible verse in my whole sermon today. And I was like, oh my God, they're gonna like jump me and beat me up and I'm gonna have to call 911. But, but it's not because I'm discounting the Bible, it's not because, it's just because I want to talk about culture today. Being, doing as Jesus did. You know, it's, sometimes it's hard, and sometimes it's, like, all of a sudden we're like, do you promise to give your life to Jesus, you know, accept him in your heart? He's like, I do. You're like, all right, time to act like Jesus. Right? And we realize, like, sometimes we, we do that, Right? But I'm telling you, it's, if, if, we, if we do it like that, we're not doing it in his will, like in his power, right? There, there, I think there's some steps that need to take place. Like so many times, and, and I tell people this, like I was, I shared this on Church on the Street. I was an alcoholic when I came to faith. I was an alcoholic Christian, right? I accepted Jesus in my heart before I gave up alcohol, right? But, but I was learning him. I was getting to know him. I was being with him. And what happened was, as I was growing with him, I began to be like him. And then as I became to be like him, I began to do as he did. And that's kind of the, the process. And, and that's kind of, those are, those are the steps so I'm going to try, I'm going to try to do like a series, okay? So today, right now we're going to talk about culture and, and what it looks like in today's culture, some dangers that we need to be aware of. And then next week, not next week, my next sermon, um, I'm going to talk about the importance of being with Jesus. I'm going to talk about being with Jesus and then what it looks like to be like Jesus, and then eventually doing as Jesus does. See, 
I realize that there's a lot of times where we go, I'm Christian, and this is what I'm supposed to do. And we, we wake up in the morning, we're like, I'm going to be full of joy, and I'm going to go pray for 10 people, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And by 10 o'clock, it's all gone out the window. Right? Because we do it in our own willpower. Right? Just like if I decide to quit drinking without Jesus or quit smoking without Jesus, I couldn't. You know, I would wake up and I'd have all the best intentions in the world. But as soon as, like, my willpower gave up, because it would eventually give up, maybe I'd make it through a day. Not, not very often. Like, you come up with excuses. Ah, uh, you know, it's if I have just one cigarette today. Or if I just have one drink today. Right? You start coming up with these things, and the next thing you know, you're doing the exact same thing. You're like, ah, oh, next month. Right? But if we get to know Jesus, if we spend time with him, and that's what we're going to talk about next week, so I should not get too much into that. <laughs> so, so really, what I'm going to focus on is what does it look like to be with Jesus today, in today's culture? Right? I'm not talking about negotiating the gospel. Okay? So... So a lot of times we see churches and we see people go, well, the culture today is different and um, maybe it's okay that, maybe it's okay that we have do gay marriage or maybe it's okay that there's this or that. And I'm not trying to just point out one thing. I'm just saying there's, there's a lot of things that we can do, right? There's a, a lot of things that we can say, today's culture is different than 2,000 years ago. So maybe that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying taking the true gospel, the non-negotiated gospel from 2,000 years ago and making it relevant today. And understanding today's culture is important in that. Thomas Jefferson. Did you guys know he made his own Bible? <laughs> I read this and I was like, what the heck? Like, he took the Gospels and he cut out every supernatural thing, anything that shows that Jesus was divine, everything. And, and he called it the life and morals of Jesus of Nazareth. That's crazy. Like, I read that, I was like, what the heck? Right? So, so you probably are like me, when you just heard that, you're probably like, what the frick, Thomas Jefferson? <laughs> you can't do that to the Holy Bible. Right? But I think in today's culture, so Thomas Jefferson, like, took a razor blade, and he cut out pieces, and he cut pieces and glued pieces in, like, he actually, like, sat down, and so I don't think many of us are doing that today, right? No one's, no one's going, right? I hope you're not going home with the razor blade and some glue sticks and <laughs> making your own Gospels. But we still do it. Like, I was, I was thinking horrible thoughts about Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> And Jesus says, you do the same thing. And if you don't think you do, you better clear off your lenses. Because there's some tough stuff, and sometimes it's just easier to ignore. 
right? Last week I preached on lenses, on Church on the Street. Not here, Church on the Street. Too bad you missed it. <laughs> it was amazing. Like the Holy Spirit fell. Just joking. <laughs> you were there, weren't you? You were there. You were there this, this week. So, so there are many unchristian worldviews that are plaguing the Christian church. And I'm just, I kind of made a list. But individualism, consumerism, nationalism, moral relativism, scientific naturalism, the new age, postmodernism, salvation by therapy, and so much more. Salvation by therapy. Like, honestly, you think like we don't get plagued by this, but I was watching a movie, and I was watching it for a class looking at worldviews, and I am supposed to be like doing the report on this, on worldviews, and I just picked any movie, and I'm like, oh, that's salvation by therapy. And by the end, I'm like, that lady really needs to see a therapist. <laughs> but, but we think these things, right? Because this is what the world tells us. Like, I'm not saying there's bad about therapy, but I'm telling you, it's not your savior. Okay, so, so don't think that we, we are, are like, oh, we're Christian, we don't believe that stuff. It plagues us. And I think the biggest thing that plagues actually society, I think actually all of those worldviews come back to the worldview of individualism. It all, it all stems back to it. It's all, it's all birthed by it. It's consumerism. We buy enough stuff. We're gonna, it's going to build us up, and we're gonna, that's where we find our value, and it's me being great, right? You could do that for every single one, right? Salvation by therapy, it's about you. It's about me. It's me, 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 me. And it's crazy because I think the church is plagued by it. I think we're plagued by it. I think I'm plagued by it, right? It's hard in a society when it's so focused on the individual self to read the gospel and actually say, you are my king of kings and lord of lords. Right? Because so many times we pick a church because we feel comfortable. And I'm not saying you should pick a church where you feel like people are going to build you up and strengthen you. I don't think you should build a, pick a church to be comfortable. I think it's different. Like I think that you pick a church not because you feel like this is the place that you're going to be comfortable and it's okay and you like the music and the preacher gives a good message and I'm not saying those are bad things but really you should be picking a church of people a church not it has nothing to do with the worship band it has nothing to do with the pastor you should pick a church of people that are going to build you up and encourage you and strengthen you but not to make you God, because that's what the individualism worldview is, but to make it so you can do as he has called us to do, so we can live as servants to him. Does that make sense? Okay. Today we live in this, uh, this post-Christian era. Post-Christian, not, not era, it's society. Right? Because not every... And not everyone in this era is post-Christian. But we live in a post-Christian. And, and so you have 
pre-Christianity, which is basically your unreached people group, right? And then you have like your Christian societies, which is probably even during, you know, Jefferson's time, like he, it was a Christian society and he was trying to develop Christian values and morals, even though what he did, we were like, whoa, right? By taking out all the supernatural stuff, but that was a Christian society. But today we actually, we live in a post-Christian society and I'm not saying that to scare you. Like I actually see Jesus blowing out of this. Like Jesus is King of King, Lord of Lords. And, and, and I see him, he is, he's gr gaining momentum. And I think it's because of movements that we follow. Like it's not, the, the church as a whole isn't seeing this type of momentum. But, it, but it's, it's understanding today's culture and understanding that we live in a society that is actually post-Christian. I mean, it's just something that we need to be aware of because it poses some dangers. All popular worldviews. So, so post-Christianity is when there is no more Christian worldview. When we don't no longer see the world through the lens of Jesus and God and the Bible, right? And and but it's interesting because all these other worldviews, a lot of them are not that far off from Christianity. Have you guys noticed that? Like the New Age movement? Have, who's gone to a yoga class? No? I have. I have. And you're like, oh, you horrible Christian. Why would you go there? Look, I, I'm secure in my faith, and I went. <laughs> and when they told me to meditate on nothing, I meditated on Jesus. Okay? But what's interesting was I'm, like, listening to their teachings, and I go, this is basically Christian values minus Jesus. This is basically what Thomas Jefferson did, right? But if you look at all these worldviews, they're taking Jesus out as the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and they replace it with something else, usually with ourselves. In, in a, in a worldview like individualism, and, and I'm focusing on this because I think that a lot of the other worldviews will kind of go away if we just put the rightful person or God in his place. But it, it, it's in a worldview like individual, we're, we're just simply taking God off his throne and putting ourselves in. That's it. Like, you may be thinking, not us. Not us, we're Christian. Right? We believe in him. But I'm telling you, like, us too. To some degree. Like, look, Adam and Eve, they believed in God. They believed in his power. They believed in all that he was. He, they knew that he created them, but guess what? They wanted to be like God, even though they were already. But they wanted to take that place. That was their individualism. Even back in Adam and Eve, the enemy was like pushing this individualism worldview. 
right? You'll know good from evil, right? And we're, we're still eating from the tree today. We are. We, we have, we know that there's a God, right? And I wrote here, we have not removed God, but have crowned ourselves as the ultimate king and ultimately dethroned him from his ultimate authority. That's a good quote. You guys should post it on Facebook like Daniel Colson wrote. <laughs> no, but that's what we've done. Right? We have not removed God. We, have, we know who he is. We know his power. We go out and pray in the name of Jesus. But a lot of times, we put ourselves first. You know, I was talking with someone not too long ago, and they go, I don't believe in God. I said, why not? Because he's done nothing for me. I see that he does all this stuff for you, and I see him doing all this stuff for other people, but he does nothing for me. And I go, well, so you believe in God. <laughs> but see, his mindset was off. If he's our king of kings, lord of lords, we don't go, what can you do for me, God? Right? We go, what can we do for you? That's the world view. That's the worldview I'm talking about. So I'm going to get a little bit deeper. So I read before, a long time ago. I was doing, not a long time ago, because I haven't been a Christian that long. <laughs> Way back when I first became Christian, I read this book called well, When Helping Hurts. And I don't remember, has anyone read it? Um, I don't remember much about the book, except the idea is this, that we are called to bring Jesus into a culture, and, but we're not called to change their culture. So back back long time ago, and you'll hear people still bringing this up, because people love to hold Christians accountable for things that they've done a million years ago. But we would go and we'd colonize cultures. We'd go into unreached people groups and we'd make them just like us. Whether it was Jesus values or non-Jesus values. And, and we were colonizing cultures. Like there, there are cultures today, there were cultures back then that will never be the same because of Christians. When we were in Mozambique, this was pounded in our heads. It was pounded in our heads. We're not here to change anyone's culture. Like, when we were there, you know, I always joke, we're on Africa time now. Because we'd show up to church on time, and they wouldn't even start setting out the chairs yet. Right? And then when they dance and they worship, it was crazy. And, and if we didn't go there and say, you have to dress a certain way. You better be here on time or Jesus is not going to love you. We didn't come in there and say anything. We just brought Jesus. We took their culture and we inserted Jesus into it. 
right? But this is the scary thing. So when we go to, when Christians go to a pre-Christian society, we run the risk of colonizing that society. But when Christians enter into a post-Christian society, do you know we are run the risk of being colonized? I think that's why a lot of churches look the way it does. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? We start looking like the world, right? And 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 we we hold on to Jesus, right? But and, and we're like, we believe, we have faith, we, we know there's God and we believe in Jesus, but we start looking like the world. That's one of the most important reasons why you should show up to church every week. That's one of the most important reasons why you should do community with people from church. That's because it is this group that's going to hold you accountable, that's going to keep you strong, that's going to build you up and strengthen you to live that Christian lifestyle. Not through worldviews and lenses of the world, but through lenses of Christianity. It's about bringing Jesus into a culture, into a society, and not changing it. Like, there's no... I promise... Jesus' culture and, like, his society that he lived in everything else looks nothing like us. Right? And we're not called to live in that type of society, but we're called to bring Jesus to the society that we live in. See, something that I was convicted of just recently was I was talking with my, my brother-in-law, and he goes, why do you have church at 3 p.m.? Because that's what we do. We don't have to be like everyone else. We don't have to blah, blah, blah. We don't have to look. And all he said was, Daniel, you know, like having church in the mornings, not bad. Like it's actually in, that's part of the culture in the U.S. I got so mad. I was like, dang it, this is what I preach all the time. Like don't change your culture. Right? But we do things. Like, we do things without realizing it. We do things with good intentions. But I realize, like, maybe having church in the afternoons is keeping some people from coming. Right? Maybe there's things that we do that we can be intentional about in growing. Now, I'll tell you another thing is that I've been convicted of over the last few weeks is... Do you guys remember how we kept talking about we never wanted to move out of the house? We wanted to be a house church forever. And I was like, oh, we're a house church. We're, we're growing, building each other up, you know, each other up. And we're strengthening each other to go make disciples of nations. And I'm like, and, and then we got, God forced us into the building. And then he gave me the heart and he gave us the heart to be in the building but it's like, we like this. I don't care if anyone else shows up. Like, we're building a family and we're growing and we have our culture and our values. And, and I think that was all good. Like, I actually think God meant for us to do it a certain way because we do have a foundation here. But 
what I realized was that attitude is not kingdom values. That attitude is me or you, and we like it this way. Because what I realize is the kingdom value is growth. The kingdom value is to multiply. We are called to multiply. And so I'm telling you, like, this is what I've been convicted of. Like, this is, this is where I was comfortable and I was happy and, and the people around me were happy and, and, like, even coming to the building was a stretch for us. But I think, I honestly feel like we've been intentional about not growing. Whether we realize it or not. Like, I'm an evangelist at heart, and I barely invite anyone to church. Your pastor. Like, I invite some people to church. But it was always, it was always like, oh, we just, you know, we just want the mature Christians. Like, not being, like, snobby or anything, but I, I, don't, I don't want this to become a ministry. I still don't. Like, I think our values and our culture for this house is to be mature Christians. But that's why something like Alpha is, like, on my heart. Bees were called to multiply. And we need a place to feed people milk. We need a place to build people up. So they can join us. And they can know what the flip we're talking about. Because sometimes the average person coming off the street that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't know Christianese, isn't going to know what we're talking about. Michael and I joke around. We're like, we should do like a, a YouTube video and just, just do like a Christianese video of what, what everything. Because <laughs> I say things that people are like, what? Look, I was, I, I, I was plagued by this individualism worldview. I think we, a lot of us were. And I'm not saying like all of a sudden everything that we did is gone and we're totally changing. I'm just saying that we need to be intentional about what God has called us to do. I, I, instead of being intentional about not growing, I think we need to be intentional about growing. Not just to grow, but because... We have built a culture here, and we have values, and maybe we're not doing it perfectly, but we know what our values are and our culture is, and we, we have the idea. I think God has given us the right idea. So why not bring people in and teach them those values and that culture so there are many more of us doing the same thing? Is this making sense? You guys like, dang it, Daniel. <laughs> Uh, I want, over the next three weeks, not three weeks, over my next three sermons, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about what it looks like to be with Jesus than what it looks like to be like Jesus and eventually what it looks like to do as Jesus does. And that's, that's in today's culture and it's understanding this this post-Christian, post-modernism era, and, and 
we're gonna we're gonna develop those values and we're gonna do, like continue and we're gonna grow and we're gonna we're gonna know what it's like to live a Christian lifestyle today. Like a true a true Christian lifestyle that's biblical and it's of Jesus in the way that he has called us to do. We're not gonna cut out pages of the book anymore. We're gonna throw our razors and glue away and we're gonna get real. And then we're gonna bring people and we're gonna use tools like, you don't have to use Alpha. I'm just, this is a tool that I'm trying to make it easy for all of us. And, and we're gonna grow. We're gonna grow this house because by doing so, it's gonna grow the kingdom. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to multiply. And, it, and that is our blessing, right? We, we forget, we forget. And it's so funny because here I was like, we're okay staying the same size, but I realized like our blessing is actually to multiply. Because starting from Adam and Eve, their blessing was to multiply and to rule over the earth. Same with Noah. Same with Abraham. Right? And it's by Abraham's what? Abraham's seed. We, we, from Abraham, it's by his faith, right? It's by Abraham's faith that we're called to multiply. So what was once a physical multiplication of the Israelites is now by faith. Thank God, because that's how we're grafted in. Right? But we have, see, our mission, our assignment has never changed. It's always been to multiply. Go and make disciples of nations. All authorities have been given to me, so go. We have that same authority. We're called to rule. We're called to multiply. And how horrible is it for me to say I'm okay staying this size? <laughs> I mean, that's actually from the devil, I think. Because that's exactly the opposite of what we're all called to do. But see, that's, that's what we need to be aware of. Like, that's why living in a post-Christian society is dangerous and that's why we need each other that much more because we need to strengthen each other and go Daniel and you're called to actually multiply <laughs> you know we we cry <laughs> we cry out God I want revival. We need revival. America needs revival. <laughs> and then we're like, we're okay staying this size. <laughs> How stupid are we? How stupid am I? Like, I won't even throw you guys in there. How stupid am I? <laughs> but I don't think I'm the only one. Right? So I want to be, I want to be, I want to be, Intentional. I think I actually think it was really good. I, I'm not gonna say like this whole past year, dang it, we miss miss the mark. 
I think that it was good. Like it gave us time, you know, it wasn't about just growing because I think if we would have grown too fast, we wouldn't have our, our identity. We wouldn't have our culture here. We wouldn't have our values here. I think it could be very confusing and, and everything else, but I think we're there. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that we're perfect. Like, uh, by far, like, we're going to continue to grow. But those truths that we've been establishing over the last year, like, that's our foundation. So let's put those sections back in the Bible. Like, those ones that were like, I don't understand that, or that doesn't sound good, or that kind of sounds sucky to me. So let's just like, bloop, <laughs> right? Don't act like you don't do it, like, because, uh, <laughs> right? We, we, must, we must get away from these dangerous worldviews. Like, we, we need to get under one worldview, and that's the one that Jesus gave us, right? We have to give up the gospel of ourself. We have to give up the gospel of ourself. We must die to ourselves, remove our imaginary crowns, and give the Lord of Lords and King of Kings back his chair, his throne. Right? Let's do what we're called. It's not about changing a culture. It's not about colonizing, colonizing, colonizing <laughs> societies, but we need to recognize the danger of living in our society, right? We talked about all these other worldviews. Like, some of them, like, maybe we need to really dive deep and, and go, what is, what is this New Age worldview? Or what is this salvation ther of, by therapy worldview? Because sometimes everything that they believe in is great, except what if they've removed the Lord of Lords, King of Kings. So what if, instead of running away from some of these worldviews, because they're dangerous and they're scary, but we have to remember we have Jesus. Instead of running away from them, maybe we, we should approach them and go, hey, yoga studio. Do you know, like, everything that you're teaching is basically what Jesus taught? Do you, do you know that basically all you did was remove Jesus? Like, he, they'd even put, like, something else in his place. They'd just put nothing. <laughs> they put nothing in his place. They're like, we're going to take Jesus out, and we're going to just leave it blank. <laughs> I want you to meditate on nothing. But look, like, peop the great thing about this postmodern era is people are actually seeking for truth. They're actually seeking, like, we've talked about modernity, where it was all about reason, and you had a reason, and most of the church got caught up in reason. Now people are, like, rejecting reason. They're rejecting reason, and they want an experience, they want a feeling, they want an emotion, and good thing Jesus has all that. And so people are seeking. And so it's about finding those people and getting Jesus put back. 
You know, get, say, man, you should definitely meditate. You should meditate for hours <laughs> on Jesus. Because the first step of becoming a Christian is being with him. Right? So I put some questions here. I said many times sermons start with questions, and by the end the questions are answered. But I think that there's some questions that I want us to all pray about. You know, because I don't have all the answers. And, and we are a church, and we're a family, and we're a house. So I want, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just post questions, and I just want you guys, maybe one of the questions will ring true in you, and you'll have a heart to pray into it, or maybe all of them. But I, I think we should all be praying into this. Like, what does it look like to do as Jesus called us to do in today's culture? How can we bring Jesus to our city in this culture without compromising kingdom values, without compromising the complete gospel? Those are some questions like we need to be asking. We should always be asking ourselves. How can we bridge the contextual gap between cultures if we don't really understand the culture that we live in? And you go, ah, oh, we live in our culture. Of course I understand. No, we don't. I don't. But I think that, that we can learn, and we, and we could see what people are going after, and we could start doing what? Inserting Jesus back in his rightful place, including in our church. So this is, this is kind of my heart on what I think God is calling us to focus on for this season is, is, is one, start removing these lenses, these dangerous lenses that, that we all have and, and putting, putting Jesus back in his rightful place, but in growing and, and sharing these values, sharing the true gospel with people that are seeking because I know that there's people seeking. Look, I went to yoga like three times and the instructor accepted Jesus in her heart by the fourth time. Seriously. Because they, people are seeking and until they have Jesus, there's always going to be a void. There's always going to be a void. I want to be intentional. I think we were intentional about not growing and now I think we're being called to be intentional. We've always been called to be intentional about <laughs> growing. And if you have ideas in how that looks, let's talk about it. Let's pray into it. But Alpha is, is a great place for us to start. It's a great place. And people, those people that are seeking, those people in all these different worldviews that are trying to find something the person that's plagued by consumerism, I promise they're missing out on something. They're trying to figure something out. They're trying to be fulfilled, and they're trying to do it through stuff. So if we could just show them that Jesus can fulfill them, not because it's in an in individual way, but in a, in a way that without the King of Kings in our hearts, in our lives, then we're not whole because we're not living the way we are created to live.
And we need to remember that multiplication is our blessing. And we can't let the enemy take that from us. And he's going to try, and we're going to believe lies, and we're going to believe, like, we're not supposed to tell that person because of this reason, or it's going to be uncomfortable to do this, or I'm going to get fired, or the person's going to slap my face. I've never been slapped, you guys. We need to remember that it's our blessing. Like, it's what God has given us as a blessing. And we're letting the enemy plague us with these dangerous worldviews. So let me pray. First, I want to do a prophetic act real quick. We're going to close our eyes. And we're all going to take this imaginary crown off of our heads. And we're going to look up to Jesus and we're going to place it on his. So just do it. Just, just do it. Jesus, I'm sorry for ever placing myself in your chair. Teach us how. Teach us how to let you rule over every single part of our lives, God. Teach us how to live in a culture of today, in a society of today, in this postmodern, post-Christian era, and glorify you. Don't let the enemy steal our blessing, God. Remind us what it is. Remind us what you've called us to do. Remind us of the only thing you've called us to do. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you so much. I thank you for everything that you've built here. I thank you for for every single person that's here. I thank you for everyone that's going to come. I thank you for everyone that's going to show up to Alpha. I pray that you take us deeper in relationship with you. And I pray that everyone that we reach, everyone that we touch, feels and experiences you and touches them exactly where they need to be touched. God, we pray kingdom come. <laughs> we pray kingdom come. And, and I need you to show us how to do that better. It's your kingdom that we cry for. It's what we were singing about and what we should sing some more about. It's, a, <laughs> it's your kingdom. It's your kingdom, God. It's your kingdom, God. It's not ours, it's yours. Teach us how. And we thank you. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. As we go into this last song, if you need prayer for anything, please come up.
the key.